Welcome to Refigure, the podcast about arts, culture, and diversity. I'm Reefa. And I'm Christopher. This week, we are going to talk about... The Floor is Lava. Batshit, Netflix, reality game show, um, like a crystal maze type game show. It's not a reality show. It's just a game, game show. show. It's a game show. That's game cool. Show. We'll also talk about the Korean, very odd Korean show. I don't know why we're watching so much Korean TV. I think it's actually because the algorithms of Netflix keep throwing us more and more Korean stuff because we've been watching Korean stuff. But anyway, all fine. Uh, Mystic Pop-Up Bar, which is a South Korean TV show. Reefa, how are you doing on this week? 122,643 of lockdown. I'm a bit up and down today, I have to say. I had a couple of days where I was just zonked over the weekend. Just coming out of it now. I've been doing my weekly meditations. I'm meditating five times a day now. But it helped to go out for a bit and people are moving around a bit more. We sat in the park. All good. Summer in Brighton. Oh, we were watching something about the Antarctic, weren't we? Yeah. And Chris told me that it was 38 degrees there or something. 38 degrees in a town somewhere in Russia that is well inside the Arctic Circle was 38 degrees. and It's it was not on, is it? Very hot. The kind of temperature change, sea melt aspect of climate change, which not that many people are talking about right now, is looking terrifying. It is going really fast. It's at the top end of the estimates that are scary. So it's a lot more complicated than that. But well, we might as well talk about the floor is lava then. But how? How? How are you? How are you? But uh, how are you? But how are you? <laughs> and how, pray tell, <laughs> are you, my dear husband? I am good. I have really enjoyed getting back into the radio, so I've been doing this late night radio show on Monday nights, although it's not actually live, so I prep it and record it. It's put a nice bit of routine back in my week, and it's it feels weirdly like the most important thing I do, even though it isn't. Having something that's the same every week, because this podcast, even though it could be like that, we haven't managed to... We don't stick it in one time in the week, it, we just end up doing it at different times. I have that with my weekly meditation group. At least I know it's Monday every yeah, time I, I do it. Yeah, you know what day it is. And that has made a real difference to me. I've been doing a lot of uh, planning stuff for my business side of what I do. And I feel quite excited about the coming couple of years. And then at the same time, you look outside our front door, it almost feels crass just to feel optimistic. And then I have like a load of guilt attached to feeling positive because of other people's lives that are so difficult at the moment. I just launched a Creating Abundance course. It doesn't start till September, but it's going to be every week. We'll get to talk about money and and abundance and feelings about money mindset. I feel a bit weird about promoting it right this second, but I have some really good friends and they said, you just need to put it out there because there are people that need this help. It's an ideal time to do that, isn't it? Really I'm doing it in September, so it gives me a good run-up. going to do it with, like, ten people. Yeah. Uh, let me describe this game show. So on Netflix, there's a series, and it's called The Floor is Lava. It's the hottest game show in history. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> yeah! 
three teams dare to make it to the exit without falling in. The team with the most points wins $10,000 and gets to meet me, Rutledge Wood. Hello. Teams of three people come along and they usually have a little bit of a backstory and there are various different rooms, but they only have to go traverse across one room and they have to clamber across various different obstacles to get from the entrance to the exit. So it's exactly like that game that weirdly all kids have played where you try and get across your living room without touching the floor by clambering on all of the furniture. It's really weirdly addictive because um, the kinds of teams that come on it are maybe three firefighters. So you're rooting for the firefighters and they've got team they, they already know each other, so they've got team building skills already. They help each other across the course. They're really fit and they, um, they you know, work out the puzzles easily. And yet there'll be others where they're competing and you really don't want the people to win because they're like competitive bro types who just all three go off on their own little adventure across the room and then they don't help each other at all and then they end up in the lava everyone screams and they fall into the red hot lava on the floor it's real and they drown i find it quite addictive because i find myself rooting for the yoga bunny girls who look like they aren't going to be any good because they look a little bit flimsy and weak or the young people who are pitted against the blokes that work out all the time but it's not about that it's about sometimes they get across with very much grace and ease and bounding and lightness rather than sheer strength what did you think about it yeah i really loved it it was so stupid um i've just found (laughs) out that that bloke rutledge wood who's the host of it so this is an american show and it's people from the United States taking part and the host Rutledge Wood I've just found out the reason he's like in television at all is he's a, a motor racing analyst that's where he comes from it's so incongruous and now he's like this sort of fat hipster beardy bloke he doesn't really appear in it very much but anyway it is weird how nobody you expect to win very rarely there were there was a team of firefighters that got through it and we did say at the beginning those three because they're totally they're a proper team and they've done phys- they do physical dangerous teamwork all the time and then they did get through it really well but well some of them leap really high and amazingly so they'll stand on the edge of a sofa like children do when they're feelers and jump across this boiling hot water 6 feet in order to win this prize of 10,000 pounds it's a big prize for a small achievement also everyone's sort of playing along so then uh, there's different degrees of acting like some teams take it quite seriously as a an assault course. But then when someone falls in, they don't really act. Whereas other teams are like really performing, like when they get splashed, they'll shout, oh, it burns and stuff like that. They've obviously been all been told when your teammate falls in the lava, you have to like perform like they've really fallen in the lava. And people go, oh. And then they always, everyone who falls in the lava always goes fully under the water and just vanishes with their hands last. And I just, that is really weird. It's quite American. It's like wrestling. It's like this (laughs) blurred line between a real game show with a real prize with quite big stakes because people want to win $10,000. But also the competitors never see each other. You only ever see one team at a time. So there's no kind of like, there's no needling between the teams or there's no, oh, watching the other teams get it wrong. Like maybe what they need, what the show needs 
is a balcony. A shark. Is, oh, a shark. <laughs> I was going to say what the show needs is a balcony where the other teams can watch the other teams so that there's a sort of more sense of knowing how the other teams are doing. It's got a very expensive basic set because they've had to build a whole assault course in a swimming pool. But the show feels really cheap. And I wonder if it's been quite successful and lots of people are talking about it. Maybe they'll go off and they'll have a really massive set now and it'll be really big. And I'd quite like that. I'd quite like it to be a bit bigger. I like that in the days of special effects and CGI and Iron Man and all of those films and whatnot and everything green screened, including Match of the Day. I just feel like... (laughs) And there are teams of really young people and there are teams of older people going for it. And you think... It's just seeing those dynamics work and how people launch themselves off or they get they start screaming because a little bit of water got on them and other people are like properly getting splashed. and It's very silly. But sometimes that's what you need is a bit of silliness and cheering people on who you just wouldn't expect. That was The Floor is Lava on Netflix. What else have you been watching, Chris? Well, let's talk about this show that you really got into, and I haven't been so into it, but I have found myself quite drawn into it. I'm not sure whether it's a soap opera or a drama or a comedy. I mean, it really confuses me. It's a Korean show called Mystic Pop-Up Bar. Do you want to explain it or shall I? I'll explain it. It's a story about a woman who, she did something really bad 500 years ago. She was a shaman mystic helping the royal court Unfortunately, it all goes a bit pear-shaped and she is punished for the next 500 years and she needs to find 100,000 people to help by going into their dreams with a mystical potion that she gives them. And she's down to her last few people before she escapes. So she's already done 999. 999. Oh God, I'm doing a pretty Patel, aren't I? 999. She's already done 99,999. No, she's got 10 more to go. Her target is 100,000. So she's done 99,990-something. Yeah, so she's done 999,000. 99,000. Sorry, she's done 99,999,000 already. So she's got this mystic pop-up bar. So mostly this is set in modern day urban Seoul or South Korea it's in a city in a pop-up bar that appears in the city so she has been around for 500 years and she's got really annoyed now and she's quite feisty sassy and she's beautifully turned out in these amazing costumes she wears and she's running this like noodle bar on the street and she's got this nice friend who helps her out and he's also something to do with the mystical spirit world they have this quite quirky relationship and there's another young boy who happens to be in real life in a k-pop band and he's got this terrible problem where whenever he touches someone they just spill their guts to him and he works in a local supermarket 
not physically, they confess all their <laughs> deepest hurts and he becomes an instant therapist to anyone who touches him. Well, he doesn't like it, so they realise that they can work together because she's finding it difficult to find people to help that she really like, that she really wants to help. When they do find someone, she basically has to put them to sleep in order to enter their dream world in order to fix whatever the problem is. Now, one thing that is particularly odd about this, now we're talking about it like it's some sort of quirky Sabrina-type comedy or Buffy even, but you know that Buffy and Sabrina has these horrible dark moments as well. Every single episode, the people who have some sort of horrible problem it's properly horrible and it's really dark some of it and they don't pull any punches and there's a lot of ugly crying and there's a lot of soul searching and a lot of crying and it becomes really not even sentimental like a proper harrowing drama so be careful when you watch this it's some of it is silly almost cartoon like some of it is really harrowing and then the really dramatic one bits are the flashbacks back to her when she was a young girl 500 years before and why she's like she is the sort of witchy character that thing about how some of it is properly slapstick properly goofy in amongst like stories as you were saying that are so dark that they could be triggering they're really brutal i found it really difficult but also it's compelling television it's like it does draw you in the other thing, it ends like we're never quite sure it's ended because they do a montage in a sort of Ken Burns style stills of the episode of the sort of best moments. But you might just have seen a beheading or something. Anyway, it's so bonkers that I'm in it now and I need to know what's going to happen and the episodes are coming out weekly. So A couple of things I find really unpleasant about uh, the world that it portrays that I suspect are real things rather than just quirks of the TV show. So there's a kind of deification of bosses in both the white-collar and the blue-collar culture in Korean city life. It's clear that in the real world, there is that sense that bosses are really, truly venerated in a kind of awful sort of way, even if what they're running is kind of just like a hotel or a car wash or something. The show doesn't challenge that. The show often challenges that there is an individual person in power who's corrupt or bad. But often there are things that I find really difficult that the show is kind of accepting. But I think that's, they show that quite clearly by putting it next to the historical drama as well. So the whole thing is about class and about noble people and about how you can negotiate. The serfs always get it in the end. And the one other big criticism I have of it is everyone in it is very stupid. There's not a redeeming... Like, I, I think we're supposed to think they're all stupid. because not Maybe stupid. because of the slap, slapstick The moments. two main characters are not stupid. The young boy is a little bit stupid. No, I disagree. I think it's one of those shows where, in order to have the plot work, people have to be incredibly inarticulate. Like, people can't say a thing that's a very simple, obvious thing to say, and therefore someone else doesn't get what they're trying to convey. Like in soap operas, in the in old school 80s soap operas where if someone had a surprise, like a birthday surprise or something for someone else, they'd say a surprise. But in a soap opera, they'd say a secret. And then it would be misunderstood as being there's an awful secret about to be revealed. Just because they use the word secret instead of surprise. That's not a great example, but this show is full of people who are being 
impossibly inarticulate about what they need to do or what they want. It's a very conservative show. It's wholesome. Nothing <laughs> bad's going to happen in it, except maybe... Except some, loads some... of really, really awful things. Yeah, happen. exactly, which is like the soap opera parts of it. Yeah. It is weird. I don't know whether it's supposed to be a... a I mean, it is. It's supposed to be a family thing, and it's supposed to have these rent-a-ghost type bits that are almost like children's, like a children's programme. But then that's the same as that animation that we watched that japanese one where it's an adult woman with living with three giant bears it does have a bit of that rilakuma and kuru uh, vibe to it it's worth giving it a go if there's nothing else for you to watch and you're done with documentaries for a bit the crying bit is the bit that really surprises me with it and the whole thing about the spirits and the going back in time and history i find it really interesting there's a lot of this stuff on on there at the moment. I tried to watch something else today called Mr. Sunshine and I had to stop because it was just like ridiculously similar to the other things we were watching. It is interesting that certainly the best film and a lot of the very best TV that we've most enjoyed in the last few months has been Korean or Korean flavoured. So we love Kim's Convenience. Kingdom is very different from that and yet it's one of the very best things we've watched this year um, Handmaiden pa- is one of my favourite films of all time now and Parasite as Parasite's well Parasite's up there is a masterpiece so maybe we should stick to the more highbrow things but sometimes you just want a little bit of Bewitched blended with Mr Claypole in there as well <laughs> see what you think listener what's you know? it called it's called Mystic Pop-Up Bar so let's do what you're reading for what are you reading for what are you reading for what are you reading for? Oh, you've already talked about that, mate. I've dug out... Um, oh, sorry, go on. I ended up in a phone conversation about battles over land ownership in the 19th century. <laughs> and that reminded me of this wonderful book that I got from Winchester Friends Meeting House a while ago, Cotters and Squatters. It's a small history book about housing by Colin Ward, uh, subtitled Housing's Hidden History. And it starts from that premise that we used to have in the Middle Ages in in, uh, England where it's like a folklore thing where if once the sun had gone down, you could build a house before the sun came up the next morning, you had the right to live in that house and no one could turf you out of it. And it's basically quite a radical little history of how our ruling class has sewn up land ownership to control the country. Because really deep down ownership and rent and the landlord class and the renter class are the big key issues of pretty much everything so for example coronavirus and the struggles that are going on with different communities in coronavirus you can pin it's a really it's a really interesting radical book sorry that turned into a rant i'll probably edit most of it out it's a lovely little radical it's one of those books that makes a bit of political history really clear do you know what? I don't even know if it's in print because this is a very old copy. It may not be. It was Five Leaves, which is a small independent press. For five you, Leaves? Years That's ago. very cheap. <laughs> Published in 2002. It's a brilliant book. It's a sort of four candles joke. You very, haven't said who is it one. by and what's it yeah, called? I did. I've Say it again. It's called, Cotters and, it's called Cotters and Squatters and it's by Colin Ward. Reefa, what are you reading? What I'm reading is I'm playing with these cards that I got off the internet and they're called Power Thought Cards. Now, Chris likes cards because he likes playing games and card games and things like that. And I like cards because I like tarot cards. But these are somewhere in the middle. So they look like gaming cards, but they've got a message on 
64 different cars and they're all beautifully made and they're about the size of coasters. They don't tell your fortune, but you're supposed to give them a shuffle and they'll give you a little thought for the day and that you're supposed to contemplate on that thought for the day, like an, an affirmation, which is positive. So I'll pick one now and this one says, on one side it says, I am willing to let go. So I don't know who needs to hear that today, but I'm willing to let go. And on the other side, it says, oh, I never got my specs on. What does that say? I release others to experience whatever is meaningful to them. And I am free to create that which is meaningful to me. So what you're supposed to do is have it somewhere like on your computer so that you look at it all day and you go, I'm willing to let go, I'm willing to let go, I'm willing to let go. You look at it and then the next day you pick something else. It's lovely. But it might make your day go nicer. It is nice. Very good. Show over. Hooray! Do you want me to say that again? These are called the Power Thought Cards by Louise Hay. So they're from Hay House, the enormous esoteric publishing company. Yes, that she started off the back of self-publishing one little book. Yeah, amazing. I've just put tickets on sale for my Creating Abundance course, which is four weeks, two hours every Wednesday in September. And we're going to learn all about abundance and money and how to get over yourself about money. Those tickets are on sale now. If you like folk or acoustic quiet music, my new radio show, Folk Hampton, is on Monday nights from midnight. If you're in Sussex in the United Kingdom, Find it on Radio Reverb 97.2 FM or on DAB Plus or at RadioReverb.com. That's RadioReverb.com. Or anytime you like, go to TotallyRadio.com. That's TotallyRadio.com where the show is archived so you can find all the old shows. It's an hour-long show of folk and acoustic music with some of the new releases and some classics and I'm having a great time doing it. Thanks very much for listening. See you again next week. Give us a follow on Insta at Refigure UK, Facebook at Refigure Pod. Or Twitter, Refigure Pod. And we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye. That felt like quite efficient and businesslike. It's good. Business. <laughs> Any other business? No other business.